0: Again, welcome back. Glad to be back here today, studying in the Book of Ruth. Last week, uh, we saw Ruth present herself to Boaz, uh, laying at his feet a living sacrifice—a uh, great picture of what Paul calls us to be in Romans twelve one and two. Um, understanding that you can't go wrong if you turn yourself over completely to Christ. And let him lead in every aspect of your life. Uh, This week, Boaz and Ruth are going to continue their conversation. And Ruth must learn to wait upon the Lord. So, Ruth chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. The Bible says, And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid, and turned himself. And behold, a woman laid at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I tarry this night and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman well let him do the kinsman's part but if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee as the lord liveth lie down until the morning and she lay at his feet until the morning and she rose up before one could know another and he said let it not be known that a woman came into the floor also he said bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it and when she had held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her, and she went into the city. and when he came to <clears throat> sorry, when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, "Who art thou, my daughter?" And she told her all that the man had done to her. And he said, "These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, "Go not empty into thy mother-in-law." Then said she, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you again so much for your love and your care. Lord, for leaving us your word, for giving us a guide to walk in newness of life. God, please speak to us today. Help us to be that living sacrifice that you Uh, Ask us to be, Lord, willing to give our lives to you in every aspect, searching your word and obeying it. So God, please guide and direct today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now last week, as we saw Ruth present herself, she went in and she laid at Boaz's feet, and uh, we ended in, I think, verse 9, after she had said, I am Ruth, thine handmaid, spread thou for." spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid for thou art a near kinsman and we understand that this is really just Ruth asking that Boaz would make her a part of of his household not that he would marry her, not that anything more than just make me a part of your household and we we compared that to the prodigal son as he returned uh, his desire was to just be made a servant to be uh, not to be put back in his place as a son, to, but to be made a servant so that uh, he could survive and and be a blessing. And here Boaz is going to continue to to bless, to go above and beyond. Now we already saw that uh, Boaz had blessed in the fact that uh, he had allowed Ruth to glean in his field, that, that he had let the had the reapers leave some handfuls of purpose for her that that she was allowed to glean among the sheaves where she shouldn't have been and uh, that that he continued to bless over and above and Boaz is going to continue on Uh, as he says he there is another kinsman but uh, if that kinsman will not follow up then Boaz will follow up and Boaz is a man of his word and again we see the kindness here uh, not only of Boaz but of Ruth as Ruth requests that Boaz would make her a part of his household, he says in verse number 10, "And Blessed be thou of the Lord my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, insomuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Boaz blesses Ruth and thanks her for her kindness in not chasing younger men. Now, this tells me that there's quite an age difference. And I believe that we're going to see uh, as the the kinsman that is nearer comes into the picture I believe we're going to see that he is a younger man. Uh, that he is very concerned about um, not, not marring his inheritance of the Lord and and the fact that Ruth is a Moabitess. That she's not of the children of Israel. But the interesting thing here is that Ruth did nothing out of the ordinary. She simply obeyed what Boaz had told her to do. She kept her eyes on his field and she followed his maidens and she stayed with his reapers. She didn't go into another field. She just simply obeyed. The Lord is not looking for much from us. He just simply wants obedience born of faith. Ruth had spent all of barley and wheat harvest working in the field, gleaning. And remember, this is not an easy job. Ruth had to work. Gleaning was a time... uh, of, was a time-consuming chore. Now, <clears throat> I think we have a few farmers and farmer's daughters in the, in the room, but uh, harvest, you know, if you go out and harvest corn, even if you're doing it by hand, uh, when you start, the field is full. Uh, the corn stalks are high. You can go and you can pick. Uh, everywhere you turn, you can pick. And, and you can do much work in a very little time. But when it comes to gleaning, when it comes to God's provision for for the widow and the the fatherless and the stranger, they had to go and search. The field had already been cleaned. They they had to go and and keep their eyes on the ground and and look and find and search. It was time-consuming for very little, yet we saw Boaz bless over and above. During the gleaning, you're looking through what's already been harvested. There's far less grain available, and therefore it's harder and longer to get what you need. There are so many implications for this idea today. If you look at our Western society, especially America, we've become a very lazy people. Uh, I don't remember who I was. I've had this conversation with so many people in the last uh, couple of months, but I was driving uh, down towards Bondurant, and, and there's... A bunch of farm ground that is now houses. There's probably 5,000 people um, living on what used to be a couple of farmer's fields. And the problem is that that, that ground has now gone from producing for the world to consuming. And we as a people don't understand what it takes to gather all that anymore. We don't, we don't understand that the effort that goes into going and picking we just go I went yesterday to a couple of different grocery stores to pick up some some stuff for for Rachel and for for dinner today for lunch today and and I, I just had to go pull it off the shelf it's already done uh, I, I didn't have to go and kill the pig and hang it and butcher it not that I couldn't but I didn't have to do that to prepare for lunch today. We, we were able to just do it. Uh, everything is ready-made at the grocery store or through the drive-thru window. Many people don't even know how to do basic fun- functions like make dough or noodles. I mean, literally, some flour, some eggs, a little bit of water, you mix it up, you've got whatever noodles you want. But people don't understand that anymore. I remember uh, my Uncle Tommy at one point was dating this very nice, lovely young lady, and um, she had a a hair color that would lend to not being very bright. Um, But she didn't understand that you could make Rice Krispie treats at home. She thought you went and just bought them at the store, all ready-made, so... She didn't understand that you could go through that whole process and make them at home. Uh, there are a lot of other things that we were able to uh, convince her of that were not probably very good, but um, people just don't understand anymore. We'd rather trade uh, We trade our work uh, for other work. We've traded that work, the work of being self-sufficient, of growing your own crops and your own uh, animals and and providing for yourself and and putting in the effort the way God wanted us to to working now to gain uh, money. And unfortunately, because we've gone to this system, uh, that system is going to fail and going to fail soon. We spend all of our time trying to make money to get everything we want. But the other idea is that the money that does come into our wallets runs out just as fast. And this has made us unthankful and ungrateful. On the spiritual side of all of this, we are in the times of gleaning. There have been many great harvests of souls around the world. Uh, In the book of Acts, we saw Pentecost where several thousand souls were saved. We see just a few months later another time where several thousand souls were saved. And we've seen it throughout our history where hundreds of thousands of people have gotten saved all in one day. But now we're left to search. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of where we're searching, the fruit is not good anymore. Uh, Our neighbors uh, back by the creek down here uh, picked some apples off their tree. Uh, They went through and and took what they could. And if we would go out there today, we would still find apples on the tree. I can see some apples from here. The problem is that those apples would most likely be worm-eaten and rotten and have uh, bad spots so even, even the grain even the fruit that we're picking now is just not as good and it's not as sound finding good usable apples is much harder today than ever but Ruth had stuck it out she had worked all this time in Boaz's field and Boaz had seen her efforts There might have been easier fields for her to go work in. I'm sure there were easier men that she could have uh, caught and and that would do what Boaz could, but they couldn't do what Boaz could. None of them could be that redeemer. And we're going to see that uh, next week as we get into chapter 4 that even the nearer kinsmen, whose responsibility it is, can't be that redeemer. But Boaz assures her. Again, he says, fear not. In verse number 11, And now my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Boaz in his grace and mercy vows to do all that is required of the kinsman redeemer. He is a man of his word and now he makes a promise. However, there is another who is closer. But if he will not do his part, then Boaz will. But why all of this? Why would Boaz go to all of this trouble? And the answer is simple. And he gives it to us in verse number 11. Because all of the city knows that she's a virtuous woman. Ruth is known by her works. She is known by the whole city as a virtuous woman. Now, we find that word virtuous only four times in the Bible. We find it in Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12 and verse 4 says, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is a rottenness in his bones. Proverbs 31 is probably the most uh, well-known example of a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 and verse number 10 Says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat for her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness." Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. She will do him good, not evil, always. She is diligent in her preparation for her family. She is a good steward of what God gives her. She is generous. She is full of strength, honor, wisdom, and kindness. She's not idle, and she's loved by her children, and she fears the Lord. That is what the whole city knows of Ruth. This is the character that she's shown, and this is what Boaz sees. And we we should see that through the first three chapters of Ruth as well. How she left her own people and and followed Naomi so that she could help to provide and care for Naomi. How she trusted in the Lord to make Naomi's God her God and then everything that she did she first went back and provided for Naomi. But now she must wait. Because there's a nearer kinsman. For us today we have no nearer kinsman. It's only Christ. The kinsman that the kinsman redeemer, our Lord and Savior, but the kinsman that Boaz is speaking of is a picture of Satan, the God of this world, who wants to be the ruler of this world, but he's not capable of paying the price. And we'll get into that a little bit next week as we talk about it. But, but there is someone else, and Boaz instructs Ruth to just lie down and wait until the morning. This is her first uh, time of waiting. She's got to lie down and wait in the morning. It's midnight at this point. He doesn't want her to go out into the streets alone at this time of night. But notice that she waits again in verse number 14 and she lay at his feet until the morning. Her position didn't change. She didn't defile herself. Boaz didn't defile her. Her position didn't change. She's still seated at his feet seeking to be that sacrifice. Boaz sends her away. She rises up while it's still dark. Again, back to Proverbs 31. And Boaz sends her away with six measures of barley so that she doesn't return empty-handed to Naomi. And she goes and, and she provides for Naomi and she tells Naomi everything that Boaz has done. And Naomi's words... Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. Psalm forty six ten. Psalm forty six and verse ten says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. And then this morning. Our scripture song was Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches, riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Naomi instructs Ruth to wait upon the Lord and see how this will fall out. Now there are three possible answers for us as we wait, as we pray, as we seek God's interceding in our lives. There's yes and there's no. But the most common is wait. We must wait upon the Lord. Christ himself walked the earth for, 30, for three and a half years and his followers had to wait all that time. They had to wait until the time was Right. Until everything was in order. Ruth is anxiously waiting. But notice that last part of verse number 18. For the man will not be in rest until he has finished the thing this day. And that is another great picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because as Christ walked this earth for those three and a half years, he worked. He worked, he worked, he served. He didn't rest until he went to the cross. He didn't rest until he rose again the first day of the week, the third day after he was crucified. He didn't rest until he ascended back into heaven. And he is still working. He is not resting. He is still working, waiting for that day when everything is right for him to return for the church Boaz is going to get this all figured out and we know the end of the story, Ruth is uh, going to marry Boaz and uh, the Lord is going to make that family whole again and the Lord is going to bless through all generations through this family all because Naomi was willing to be, or because Ruth was willing to be a living sacrifice and, because she was willing to wait patiently on the Lord. What about you today? I know there are many things that we're praying about for the church, praying about moving things forward and, and getting things accomplished so that the church is a church. We have to make sure that we're also willing to wait To be patient for everything to be set up, for it to be right, so that we can be beyond reproach, beyond question, and so that God can be glorified. But in our personal lives, there are many things that we just have to patiently wait. God has provided the answer, we just have to wait for the right time. So let's help us today. Let's work today to be like Ruth, who's placed her faith and trust in Boaz and now is patiently waiting for that glorious day when she will be redeemed. She's going to continue to serve, going to continue to follow God while she waits.